1: Wherever and however you're connected, wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton once again teamed up alongside a man working towards what he hopes is a first ballot. BYU Sports Nation Hall of Fame induction, Jerem Jordan. We
2: should make the BYU-SN Hall of Fame, and then we just Why not? induct whoever, whenever. Uh, okay, so this just out literally seconds ago. The BYU Athletic Hall of Fame has announced its five inductees this year. Jim or Fredette is getting inducted.
0: Hey-oh! It's
2: been 10 years. We'll talk about that. That he's he's a, a, a minimum year inductee, if you will. That's the highest honor. Uh, Brian Banks from baseball. Gay Merrill, who is a longtime trainer here. Uh, Amy Menlove Otis, shout-out to Goodyear, Arizona, track and field. And Carrie Summerhays-Roberts, the women's golf coach. She was a legit uh, player here. These are the five. You're hosting the induction ceremony Friday night, which is pretty Cool. Um, congratulations to all five of these.
1: Yeah, really, really cool class in 2021. And like you said, Jimmer, with the 10-year minimum, this is the first ballot Hall of Fame for BYU, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll be a first ballot guy 10 years, in the ten years after Fame. you retire from BYU Sports Nation? I have some thoughts on the 10-year thing. Okay. Let's talk about it. In Not 10-year, right. tenure, tenure. 10-year. We've got a Hall of Fame show lineup for all of you. What kind of chance... Are you seriously giving BYU football to make a run at a New Year 6 bowl game this year? We ask because, again, national riders are bringing it up. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us live. What type of challenge will USF present to BYU on Saturday night? The Cougars, heavy favorites. In fact, by 23 points, plus major news for BYU women's sports and the Elk. Isaac Rex explains that final dramatic touchdown in the win against Arizona State. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Number 15 BYU football host South Florida Saturday night. Bulls coach Jeff Scott says he was surprised when he watched the BYU film. I knew they were going to be big and physical, but I wasn't uh... Aware of until I turn the video on is how fast they are. I mean, they got linebackers, you know, beating running backs to the edges and just go, Wow, <laughs> that kid right there can run. Yes, he can. I don't even know who he's referring to, but I love it. Maybe it's uh, Peyton Wilgar, maybe it's uh, th- who knows. The Bulls also announced freshman Timmy McLean is getting the start. This ensures a BOE victory. Hey, Cougar pregame live on BOE radio is at 8 Eastern with countdown to kickoff on BOE TV at 90.
1: I love Jeff Scott. He is a very, very entertaining personality. Comes from Dabo Sweeney's uh, coaching yeah, lineage.
2: former co-OC at Clemson.
1: How about this? Smarty Streets, a leader in location data intelligence, announces name, image, and likeness deal for all female student athletes at BYU. Every single one of them. Offering up to $6,000 per athlete. Again, this includes walk-ons and cougarettes with more than 300 female athletes at BYU the total compensation could surpass two million dollars that's
2: incredible and to take all the the women's teams because the bill bar deal was incredible is for the BYU football team and those walk-ons and that meant so much right um now Smarty, which is incredible smarty streets doing it for all the women's teams that includes cheerleaders by the way we don't often talk about them as a women's team but they are that that's awesome that's so incredible. What an amazing opportunity for the amazing women of, of BYU. You and I call the games for the women uh, of BYU, and we really appreciate what they do and who they are. So this is awesome for them.
1: The groundbreaking deals continue yeah. at BYU with Pretty Bill cool. Bar and now Smarty Street. That's who, fantastic. Who else is
2: doing this? Who else is doing this? It's so cool. College athletics. We're going to talk to Liz Dargan coming up about it. Get ready for a hoop season with the BYU men's basketball season preview. Live from the opening day of practice As Tyler Haas and I introduce you to the newcomers, returning starters, and storylines you need to know. Plus, enjoy mic'd up coaches and a loaded guest lineup. It's next Tuesday, September 28th at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Very excited about that. It was a ton of fun last year.
1: Jerem, all they do is win. BYU women's golf back at it. Held off two top 25 teams to win the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate Championship in Knoxville, Tennessee. That means the ladies are 2-for-2 in tournaments in the fall season. They won by three shots over number 15 Miami. BYU will next travel to Wolcott, Colorado for the Golf Week Challenge at Red Sky Golf Club September 27th through the 29th. Yeah, you can expect the women's golf team to jump into the top 25 this week as well.
2: Let's go. Get them all in. Following a 2-1 loss to Utah State on Saturday, women's soccer has dropped out of the United Soccer Coaches Poll for the first time since the final poll of the 2018 season. Crazy. They'll be back in soon. Don't worry. After a bye week, the Cougars play at number 20 Gonzaga and Chris Watkins, former BYU men's soccer head coach, women's soccer assistant coach, Okay. Friday, October 2nd. Hey, you win that, boom, you're back in.
1: Yes, and BYU's had their way against Chris Watkins-led Gonzaga. We've this Gonzaga to scoring
2: team. a ton of goals. They're like top ten in total goals scored. It's How about that? Chris
1: Watkins, again, coaching with Jen Rockwood. He likes to score a lot of goals. It's going to be a fun match. What matchup. coach
2: doesn't like to score? You know what? I only like two.
1: He's an that'd, offensive-minded that'd coach. Awesome.
2: I only like one goal a game.
1: I'm, He's I'm, an I'm. offensive guy for sure. <laughs> Michael Rucker, pitching for the Chicago Cubs in the major leagues, hasn't given up a run in his last four outings. boy, Michael, and a loss yesterday against the Twins. He threw 12 pitches, 11 strikes. The Cubs play the Twins again tonight at 740 Eastern. So even if it doesn't work out with the Cubs, because, again, they're not going to make the playoffs, this is a good resume for Michael Rucker to make his way to another Major League Baseball team. Or just maybe the Cubs are like, hey, we've seen some stuff. We're going to keep you up here.
2: He's playing in the majors. It's It's awesome. awesome. It's fantastic. And BYU softball releases its fall schedule, which includes six home games, two road games, and five blue and white scrimmages. So plenty of ball. First of which is tomorrow afternoon at home.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports
1: Nation. The New Year's Six. Here we are once again following BYU's 11-1 campaign in 2020 with Zach Wilson and those five draft picks, ton of NFL guys that flirted for a moment, we thought, with the New Year's Six. Until they didn't, Jeremy And the yep. committee said, nope. BYU's not the team that's going to get in. However, BYU's schedule, you may have noticed, is much tougher. They have three Power 5 victories in three games played in 2021. Now National writers are again bringing up the New Year's Six, specifically from Brett McMurphy. And I quote, uh, Look at the remainder of the BYU Cougars schedule, and there's a possibility of an 11-0 BYU visiting USC in the regular season finale. If so, win or lose versus USC, I'm projecting the Cougars earn a New Year's Six Bowl bid. End mm. quote. There's a lot there, Jerem. So I ask you this. Is this BYU's best chance ever at a New Year's Six Bowl?
2: It might be because is playing seven power fives. Once BYU's in the Big 12 starting in 2023, the Cougars will play eight or nine or maybe ten. Because if BYU plays Utah every year, plus... Let's say the Big 12 says, yeah, we're playing nine conference games. Then it'd be 10 almost every year, right? Um, and there, then there's, I just don't see uh, a season where BYU is going to put together an 84 type thing. 84 is 84 because Pitt's 3-7-1 and, and Michigan's 6-6 six and six, um, in the end. You know what I mean? Like, if the 84 team played uh, the, the Big 12 schedules, it would, it would win one, two, uh, lose one, two, or three games, right? It's going to be much harder. So I wonder if this is, because this first half of the season has been set up to where BYU can realistically have a legit chance of going 6-0. and The back six is going to be tougher, like we've talked about the last couple days, with four Power Fives throughout the road. In the Big 12, I think it will be a tougher Power Five slate than what BYU is playing this year. There aren't as many Washington State's and Virginia's and uh, so on and so forth, right? Um, it's, there's more USC's, if you will, when BYU is in the Pac-12. So I, I think that this might be BYU's best shot at a New Year's Six Bowl ever. Ever. Uh, granted, in a Big 12, if BYU has two losses, still might have a shot at okay. a New Year's Six. Okay. Now, that might be the difference. I do expect BYU to be a better team in the next couple of years in the Big 12 as well, meaning the backups are better. The starters have never been in question here. It's, can the backups be good enough? When a Keenan Peely goes down, can Ben Bywater be good enough? That's the question we're going to figure out the rest of the season.
1: It's easy to say in the moment right now because BYU's three 3-0. And the juju is really good. Everybody's we feeling awesome. Arizona, Utah, Arizona State all go down. So, yeah, it's like, oh, man, maybe this is the best chance. But as you pointed out, getting into the Big 12 – a two-loss BYU team could still play in a New Year's Six bowl game, especially if they go to the Big Twelve championship game and the winner of that game is invited to the college football playoff. Then by default, the runner-up in the Big Twelve gets a New Year's Six Bowl game invite. In fact, you and they could be, might even
2: be another at large. You
1: could be a three-loss team and play in the championship game and with the rules as they are. It's like, oh, yeah, like 9-3, and three, yeah, you can play in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah,
2: three loss would mean you probably had two losses in non-con, but you only had zero or one loss in league. Right. Most years, right? So
1: I think mathematically speaking, when you get into the Big 12, just because of those exceptions, BYU's probably going to have a little bit better of a chance to get into a New Year's Six Bowl game because there will be more leeway to lose. There's more understanding if you're in a Power 5 conference. Like, oh, yeah, well, but look at the schedule. schedule. They right. lost to... Number six, Iowa State twice. Once in the regular season and once in the Big 12 championship. Iowa State's going to play in the college football playoff or TCU or Baylor or Just whoever. The multiverse? I was like, Kay? Iowa State. Or whoever. The... <laughs> whoever. Uh, but BYU's done enough as the runner-up to get into a New Year's Six game. We saw this happen yeah. with Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall when Clemson was dominant in the ACC. Virginia gets blown out in the ACC championship game. But it's like, well, Clemson's going to the college football playoffs, so yeah. the ACC's going to have their spot.
2: Hopefully, um, because the ACC kind of stinks besides Clemson. Right. Is, I don't think the Big 12— tw- Honestly, you take Clemson out of the ACC.
1: Is the, the Big 12 The 12 new better?
2: Big 12's way better. Is the Big
1: 12 better than that?
2: Yes. I don't think the Big 12 is going to have any dominant teams like Clemson or Alabama anytime soon. In fact, it may not have a college football playoff team for a while, Yeah, um, but it will have— uh, you know, four top 25 teams or whatever, or, or more in it, I think, uh, you know, top to bottom minus Kansas, those games are good to super hard every week. Yeah.
1: Interesting stuff. And again, we talked to our, or heard from our boy, Paul Sabin, who works for ESPN analytics He's giving BYU a 1% chance to run the table.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think BYU's running the table. Like, it's going to be way too hard. And even
1: an 11-1 and 1 BYU, Bretman Murphy brought up, hey, 11-0 and 0 going to USC. Win or lose, I'm still putting him in a game. Like, I don't that's know if he can th-
2: lose the last game. F- and yeah, It's tough, right?
1: Okay, even 11-0, and 0, what's the chances of that? 3 or 4%? <laughs> Not high, mathematically. Yeah, yeah so high. it's it's going to be. So that's why and I that's like okay. the, the Big Twelve. Uh, yes. I think that there's just a better opportunity there.
2: Yes, um, yes, eleven and one is a really interesting conversation there. Okay, topic two: the BYU Athletics Hall of Fame inductees are out. As we mentioned, for those interested, here's the criteria used: minimum two years in a varsity sport. There's no JV anymore, right? <laughs> uh, All American status, university graduation. That was a Jim McMahon thing. He didn't graduate until late. Professional accomplishments, uh, community service, sportsmanship. What if they're like, you didn't make it in, you were a bad sport. And 10 years since final year of eligibility. That's why Jimmer Fredette's in now and not earlier. Uh, Matthew Delvedova and St. Mary's, they inducted him the next year. They don't have as tough a criteria as BYU. Should there be a Jimmer exception? Should he have been inducted earlier than now?
1: Yeah, Maybe. I mean, may- maybe the 10 years becomes a five-year thing. I don't know. I'm not sure why they settled on 10 years.
2: Maybe it's they're waiting for their pro career to finish. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe. Or it's
1: just like, oh, let them go do their thing professionally for yeah. a decade. Jimmer's and... still going. He's still playing we basketball don't know. in We're, China.
2: Re- reports that he's going to China, right? It's right? yeah.
1: not confirmed. Maybe I'll ask him on Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hey, Jimmer, find out. from, from the podium, um, what's the deal, man? you, <laughs> you going go to in China, China or what? And then
2: just... And then just call me. He's joining us Monday, by the way.
1: Okay. Yeah. We can ask him then too.
2: He'd he'd be he'd join us Friday. He's got a golf tournament.
1: I I, I get where you come from with the Jimmer exception. Like when someone is so transcendent and yeah. so good. If you're
2: the national player and, of the year, yes. Can we just do like the next year?
1: Like okay, it's official.
2: You're, it's your junior year. You're at BYU. You like. Can we just put Zach Wilson in now?
1: At least make the <laughs> announcement. Uh, Zach Wilson will be inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame in 2030. It's official.
2: <laughs> just, you just call it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, we we can say that now.
1: They can still keep their ten years. We can literally yeah. say that now. W- that's that going will to happen. happen. Yes. So maybe we don't need an exception. We just call it for what it is. Well,
2: I yeah.
1: Zach, good luck in the I, NFL for ten years. We'll see you in 2030 is for it the be- BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. Is induction. it
2: because they're literally busy? Is maybe. That why? Maybe. I I would uh, also all American status. I have a problem with this. I, I like was Fred Warner an all American? I don't think he was. So but Fred Warner was all pro last year. He should be in the is it only they take into consideration professional accomplishments, right?
1: Maybe they'll find a Lindy I, Sports preseason <laughs> All American exception. Should we give him an all American yeah. nod hey, Fra- from twenty 20- eight? Yeah, BOA Sports 17? Nation All American Fred Warner. Okay, he's good for the Hall of Fame.
2: And this is good criteria. I, I just want to think like are we going to be able to include a Fred Warner? Because yeah. he's his NFL career is way better than his BOA career. Are, are we taking that into account? Like, Vir, you know, Virgil Carter got. And does in. Daniel
1: Sorensen get into the BOA Athletic Hall of Fame? Right. He's won a couple, of, or he's been in a couple of Super was not won. an All American. I no, think he at BOA.
2: So yeah, th- those are the interesting debates, right? Interesting. Is fact. he in the Hall of Good or the Hall of Fame?
1: Yeah, and I know Daniel's in a different area than Fred Warner. He's, I mean, Fred Warner might be the best linebacker. He's in. in football. He's
2: in the White Safety Hall of Fame
1: <laughs> with Eric Weddle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jason Seahorn's like, I'm a corner. Can I be in?
1: Our question of the day. <laughs> is this year, 2021, BYU football's best shot at a New Year Six bowl game? You heard our opinions. We want to hear yours. Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Playoff Bogey Answers,
1: best shot to date? Yes. Best shot forever? No. The Big 12 will make a difference. And with the college football playoff expanding, it might be easier to get the college football playoff as an at-large than it is to get to the New Year's Six right now. I don't know.
2: Because of, oh, yeah, I understand. Because you don't have the conference affiliation – there would be more, yeah. They, like certain years, it's weird when the playoffs, certain bowl games, and certain uh, leagues get there in are in and always
1: tie-ins for like the power this year. Five there's what
2: three or four at-large's, yeah. Correct, but but depending on what they decide, and they still haven't decided. By the way, if they go to eight or they go to twelve, whatever. If it's twelve, if there's automatic bids, blah blah blah. If there's not,
1: the alliance is pushing back. The Pac-12, the ACC and the Big Ten are pushing back on a 12-team playoff.
2: Yeah, the SEC is like, uh, we want to get, like, five teams in. Yeah, the SEC is
1: like, we will do what we want to do, and they probably will.
2: NFL 2? You mean NFL 2? Coming up, Jaron Hall, (laughs) compared to Baker Mayfield, do we like it?
1: Plus, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on if he thinks this is the best shot for BYU to get into New Year's 6 in 2021, and what kind of challenge will USF present?
0: This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Get ready for hoop season with the BYU men's basketball season preview live from the opening day of practice as Tyler Haas and I introduce you to the newcomers, returning starters and storylines you need to know, plus enjoy mic'd up coaches and a loaded guest lineup. It's next Tuesday, September 28th at 9 Eastern on BYU TV in the app.
1: The basketball season preview. We're already there. Sneaking up on us. Let's go. Amidst football season. Great stuff. Looking forward to that. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, and it is our pleasure to welcome in, once again, the voice of the Cougars, live on set, Greg Rebell, to discuss BYU potentially to a New Year's Six Bowl in 2021. We'll what? get there. But first, Jimmer Fredette, among others, going into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. Greg, what's your reaction to Jimmer uh, getting the first ballot Hall of Fame induction 10 years after the fact?
3: He sneaks in. He just barely sneaks <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, there was aut- one voter that said, no, no just It was an automatic, wasn't it? Yeah, It was Good so automatic. Out. And everyone else, yeah. Yeah, it's,
2: and it's it's pretty cool because obviously he was going to get in. We just said, hey, Zach Wilson's getting in 2030. Like, And this class is pretty good, too. Brian Banks and Kerry Roberts and just athletically, whoever, whenever someone gets into the Hall of Fame every year, I go, oh, yeah, they were awesome. It's a pretty fun thing.
1: Yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah. Do cool. you have a favorite Jimmer Fredette memory?
3: I, I think I remember going the most nuts, and I went nuts a few times, right? Um, but I think in Vegas – even though it was a neutral floor, wasn't the Marriott Center magic, when he when he he, he passed Danny Ainge uh, for the scoring record and, and led him over New Mexico, um, that just kind of felt where everything just kind of just peaked and culminated, and, and it was peak Jimmer, right? And, and, and so I, I think that's one of the favorite nights that I can recall, and there were so many great ones, and when you get to the NCAA tournament and you're advancing there, that's a big deal too, but that... The focus on him and the numbers he was putting up, and then Danny being in the building and passing, just the whole thing. Amazing. Yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty once in a while. It's man.
2: wild that he does, he gets the single game and the career on the same play. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. And, and he hadn't shot a free, free throw. throw until that
3: point. Yeah, I mean, when you're into the 50s, and it's a tournament game. I mean, it's, it's a winner go home in the tournament, at least, situation. The retribution type game. against New Mexico. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. going it. So that that was one, right? Is yeah. really remembered as losing my mind. Yes. Fantastic. When
2: when did you realize that, okay, Jim Romania had begun? Because his junior year, we knew he was really good, like very good. And then he comes back. There was a chance he could leave. He came back. At what point were you like, oh, my gosh, this is like another level?
3: I felt like it was early in the next season. I know the Glens Falls trip for me was an indication that – and granted, he was going home, mind you. But it was still a a unique thing. Like this was a, a player getting a homecoming in this college scenario that was being nationally covered. And I just kind of sensed there was something really special building, that this could be something you could really you know, build a season story around, and it, and it kind of went from there.
2: That was yeah. the weirdest game I've ever been to. Let me tell you why, because I was at the game too. The, the fans there only rooted for Jimmer and nothing else. There were no cheerleaders. There was no like kind of music pumping. It was in an old hockey venue just like mm-hmm. down the street from his house. <laughs> so he would score, rah, and anyone else would score, and it was just like. Or, it was
3: the weirdest thing. Or, Ver, or Vermont from the neighboring state would <laughs> yes, soar and yes, nothing would happen. Nothing. Right. It yeah. was so weird.
1: Yeah. Dave Rose told me a fantastic <laughs> story last week, by the way. He said Vermont's coach approached him after the game and said, I'm still trying to figure out why all these BYU fans were in the beer lines at this hockey venue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, these are more Jimmer fans from yeah. New York Smalls than homie. your yeah. typical yeah. BYU fans. <laughs>
2: that was great. Great
1: stuff. All right. Uh yeah. We're feeling good, talking Jimmer. Now it's time to discuss BYU football. 3-0, and uh, ranked number 15 in the country. And Brett McMurphy, Mark Schlebaugh, among other national writers,
2: Hold on, I gotta grab the now
1: starting here. to discuss BYU <laughs> as a potential New Year's 6 uh, recipient in 2021. In fact, we're asking the question today, is this year BYU's best shot at a New Year's 6 bowl, or is it at a later date, Greg?
3: Well, you know, you've only been you know, 3-0 and in consecutive years, for the first time since 1951 and 52, so this is this we, BYU's never been in the situation to be in the discussion. Let's put it that way. But last year was always going to be yes, three and O or four and O, five and O, six and but schedule. That said, if they'd gone 12 and O last year, you would have liked to see, you would have liked to have seen how that would have challenged the committee to to place BYU. It might have been they were left out of the New Year Six, but it could have been that 12 and O got them in just for the fact that they cobbled together a schedule, won every game, but Coastal will never know. This year, three and O. If you get to four and O, you're in the October discussion. Uh, yeah, it would have to be the best shot because you're not in the discussion undefeated in October ever. Uh, but you would be with a better schedule with seven P5s on the slate. And there are so much to do uh, but before it becomes a truly legitimate discussion. But, you know, I, I think Brett McMurphy even qualified. That he says, hey, even 11-1 BYU he thinks should get in at that point. So you're not yeah. having to go 12-0 and 0 at that point because of the number of P5s you're playing. Let's say you're in a typical P5 league. You're going to play eight or 9 b P5s.
2: Yes, and probably playing... one Power Five in non-conference.
3: Yeah, and, and BYU's playing yeah. seven. So you're practically playing a P5 schedule, yeah. and so there really isn't that uh, that drawback. But it's all about staying in the conversation with the O in the L column as long as you possibly can. And it's crazy to think about, too. I mean, this is a a, a storied football program, tremendous history, and never, ever... Have they been 4-0 in back-to-back seasons? It just doesn't get there. That's insane. It doesn't get there.
2: Yeah. Of all the kind of 79 to 85 run and everything, never did it, which is wild.
3: Yeah. Um, But this team has, which is incredible. So – at least Wait. 3-0. 4-0 you know, would come Saturday, and that'll be the right. first time ever. Ever. So, yeah. Yeah. so
2: we were talking about, okay, when BYU's in the Big 12, to your point, you're allowed a loss or two. you actually in the Big 12 could have two losses and still make a New Year's Six or a college football playoff if it expands. So the degree of difficulty gets actually a little lower. It's super high when you have fewer pure P5s. But what, what is it about this team that you're seeing that we're all trying to figure out? It's like, what's making this team this team? What are you seeing that's different or unique about this group?
3: Maybe the just the um, the multiplicity of options, perhaps that BYU has on offense right now. Beginning with the quarterback himself, he's a pretty special player, and and not to discredit the backup, who proved he can come in and win a game for you. So <laughs> let's let's just say that at quarterback in general, they're really well set up. Yeah. But you know, and, and we could use even the fact that you know Isaac Rex scores his first two touchdowns of the season in in game three. Well you know, that that's not like, oh, BYU finally discovered the tight end again. It's a matter of the tight ends got so much attention from last year that, that you know, they weren't always open on the plays. But that means that Neil Pau is a multiple touchdown scoring guy. Gunnar is a multiple, multiple touchdown scoring guy in the first couple of games. So they can really go so many places right now. And then Tyler Algier is just kind of the, um, you know, taken for granted, going to get you the hard yards and grind into the end zone when you need it kind of guy that can also win a game for you on defense. So they have all these different, uh, again, options, and I don't think that you know, Aaron Roderick's offense is by anywhere uh, close to its peak, right? Mm. I mean, this is this, is, this is still growing and learning and bringing guys along. It's going to get better and better as they get more and more chemistry together because they're, they're good right now, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're 27, 28 points a game good. This team has the ability, I think, to be you know, in the 30s points per game good when it gets really going here.
2: And the Nakuas haven't even gotten going honestly like we thought
3: they and, you know I mean, right they 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 weren't yeah. able to really hit the ground running cuz they were kind of held back in camp right yeah. but now so that, that that's a process mm-hmm. once they get going and really into this thing i think it's going to be special
1: the BYU defense is holding opponents in three games all power five opponents again to an average of under 17 points sixteen point six 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 seven repeating or whatever we're going to call it thank you lee okay. hey you're welcome yeah. um so looking at the defense how realistic is it that? They can sustain that level of holding opponents to 17 or fewer.
3: Well, I, I was just tracking it a few minutes ago and, and posted a tweet about it because I thought it was interesting. You've played three straight P5s and they're all under 17 points. 17 points or fewer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when did we start thinking about P5? Like when did P5 become a thing? Well, you could argue early 2000s. I took it back to 1998 when the BCS started. Okay. So from 98 till now, BYU had never until the first three weeks of this season held three straight P5s to 17 points or fewer. So it's historically good that way. Uh, if you want to go back to the end of 1983, Missouri, and the first two games of 84, Pitt and Baylor, you would technically get three current P5s that they held to 17 or fewer, but the P5 didn't exist back then. Yes. Pitt was independent, Baylor was Southwest Conference. So as we know the P5, this has never happened, where you play three straight High-level P5 teams. You could argue caliber, right? But, you know, Arizona's struggling. But P5s are P5s. Have three straight P5s to 17 points of fear It never happened until this year. Mm. So they're doing a lot of things that haven't been done before by a historically really solid football program.
2: That's awesome. And I think BYU broke through this confidence barrier last year. Yes, the schedule was different. But BYU was like, no, we're relevant as an independent. We can do this. And then getting the invite to the Big 12 and doing this now, it's just,
3: it's just awesome. Yeah, man. one of the great things is, is that at the back half of this thing, you're already in the Big 12. Like, you're You're not having to prove anything to anyone anymore, really. Yes. You've already done all the heavy lifting. Now you kind of get to enjoy the fruits of your labors by showing people what you really are and are building to become. And when you get to the Big 12, you have an even greater chance to succeed yeah. in that environment.
1: Well, BYU's uh, next display is against a the team they're heavily favored against, USF, coming back to Provo. The vengeance match, as uh, several players have called it. Cougars are a 23-point favorite, but... We know that USF's going to have some talent, so what type of challenges will they bring to BYU, even though the Cougars are on paper supposed to win by a good margin?
3: Yeah, well, they've, they've clearly decided to throw all their you know eggs in the freshman quarterback basket, and, and that's, that, that's great for them in terms of choosing to build, but I think it's also something that BYU can really, you know if not tee off on, take advantage of. Um, this is a really good defense, and, and they're playing a guy that's getting his second start, and um, it's, it, it's a heavy dose of RPO. Um, but this is, I mean, it's a team that's lost what 14 straight FBS games. All right. So it's a take care of business kind of game for BYU. And the Cougs don't, you know, it's rare that BYU would play an opponent multiple times and not pick up a win. Um, very few teams have done that to BYU. And I don't think BYU is about to go 0-2 against USF. Um, you know, that said, you've got to play better than you did last week. You simply have to have that be your objective. Uh, and not, not, there's nothing to worry about. I think, I think offense, defense, and special teams can all show you that there are standouts on this USF team. But as, as a collective, BYU's just got to go out and put a little bit of hammer down. And, hey, Jimmer at halftime.
1: Yeah, Jimmer at halftime. Yeah. He is Greg Rebel, the voice of the Cougars. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope there are moments this season that make you lose your mind <laughs> as it relates to BYU football. Well, been, you know, we, we've gotten there.
3: Hey, the Utah game. Uh, hey, there it's you go. Good. You know, there, there were probably a couple there. And, and last week, even though it was a different vibe, uh, the way the crowd helped win that game I thought was pretty special
1: so as well. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Thanks for hanging out with this us, Greg. be back, guys.
2: Okay, coming up, Associate Athletic Director Liz Darger on the new Women's Athlete NIL with Smarty Street.
1: And we take a closer look at all of the voters in the latest AP poll. BYU was a high of 9, a low of 22. Are the Cougars more towards 9 or 22? You decide. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible supply chain management. 11th ranked BYU women's volleyball opens
2: up West Coast Conference play tomorrow night as the Cougars host Pacific 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app.
1: He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. You can always interact with the show. Plenty of fantastic content. Follow us on our social media platforms that include Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it! The Cougar whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: In his press conference this week, South Florida head coach Jeff Scott gave us another soundbite. That's two now. Comparing Jaron Hall to who? Yeah, uh, everybody was excited uh, when the guy graduated last year. Uh, so, you know, that's all everybody told me. Hey, they lost their quarterback. You guys are going to be good. And this guy, uh, I think Coach Spencer describes him as a faster Baker Mayfield. (laughs) I mean, that's what he looks like. He can really run. Uh, He throws the ball uh, extremely well. Is Jaron Hall Baker Mayfield-esque?
1: I kind of like the comparison. I hadn't thought about it until Jeff Scott and his coordinators brought it up. But I think that is a fair analysis. Sure, Jaron Hall's a little bit more raw than Baker was as... The pinnacle of his Oklahoma career. but
2: More Texas Tech, Baker Mayfield?
1: Yeah. There are definite similarities. And Jaron Hall is faster than Baker Mayfield. If he can get that accuracy down, watch out. Jaron, you've got another NFL pro prospect.
2: Yeah, I I like it. Baker Mayfield won the Heisman. Baker Mayfield's an NFL starting quarterback. Uh, That's very flattering. Yeah, I think there are elements of Jaron's game. His ability to dance in the pocket to look downfield. Um, his elusiveness. Obviously, his speed, like you said, is yes. better than Baker. Yeah. yeah, dude, I like it.
1: When he's rolling out of the pocket, like, they look the same.
2: Is he a backward hat guy? Is Colin Cowherd anti-Jaron Hall? Ooh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I think Jaron Hall, because he's a father now, might not be a backwards hat type of guy anymore. Because he's
2: a dad? Yeah. You and I are backward hat guys still, and we have kids.
1: Yeah, it's true. Good point. Yeah, throw that one out the window. <laughs> BYU received a high AP vote of number nine. From Ryan Pritt in West Virginia and a low of 22 from Bryce Miller, San Diego Union Tribune.
2: Interesting.
1: Colton Bartholomew, the Wisconsin State Journal, and Pete Martini, Salem Statesman, Journal uh, also voted BYU low of 22. Is BYU more a nine or a number 22 team in your opinion, Jerem?
2: Uh, it's nine because BYU is two ranked wins. Um, there's not too many teams that have done that, and. Was it nobody has three Power 5 wins right now?
1: Nobody BYU? except
2: BYU. So, uh, well, two and a half. Arizona's like half the Power 5. But anyway. Um, no, BYU's more like nine, dude. BYU's resume is fantastic right now. It, it BYU's resume is one of the best in the country. Uh, first six games, BYU's taking care of business here. You, you talked about it yesterday. The three G5s are up next. Let's go.
1: Who was it? Royce Young of Fox Sports that had BYU in his third tier RJ, top ten team. RJ yeah. Young. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then... Bruce Feldman has BYU at number 7 in his poll. <laughs>
2: 7 feels a little high
1: but because yeah. they're they're ranking them based on meritocracy. Yes. What have you done to this point? Yes. So yeah, BYU should lean more towards number 9. In fact, they're number 15. 15 is closer to 9 than it is to 22.
2: Yeah, it's still like BYU at like 12 right now. Okay. Okay, Seneca Knight tweeted the following out yesterday, praying i get this waiver. I got more to prove. I'm told the waiver is in to the okay. NCAA officially. Uh-huh. Um, are we concerned he won't get a waiver?
1: To play No, I'm, I'm not concerned. Why would the NCAA all of a sudden decide to not let Seneca Knight play at BYU when they're giving waivers? that You get a waiver and you get a waiver and you get. Uh, no, I have no reason to believe it's not going to get it.
2: If this was a month from now, yeah, but not right now.
1: Yeah, we're good. We're
2: good. Okay, coming up, I go inside the film room with the elk, Isaac Craig,
1: And we announced a groundbreaking deal for all women athletes at BYU, thanks to Smarty Streets. Liz Darger, Senior Associate Athletic Director, is going to join us to discuss the details of that and how it's going to change things for all BYU
0: women athletes. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Countdown to kickoff gets you ready for number 15 BYU. That sounds good. Against South Florida. Saturday night watches Dave, Blaine, David, and Spazance get you ready for the game with insights and interviews leading up to kick. 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Um, I know it says two-hour show, 830. That is not correct. It's at 9 Eastern time on Saturday.
1: We'll be ready to go late into the night once again. It's going to be awesome, man. This is BYU Sports Nation. We're doing it live in Studio B, and we are now joined by BYU Senior Associate Athletic Director and Senior Woman Administrator at BYU, Liz Darger. It's a pleasure to have you in oh, Studio Liz. B, Liz. So
4: good to be here. Lots of great things happening. Uh, oh, my yes.
1: gosh. Is the this- day after an incredible name, image, and likeness deal from Smarty Streets to all female student-athletes at BYU. just this is groundbreaking, transcendent stuff, and it's really fun to watch.
4: No, it really is. There's, there's, uh, when NIL legislation first was discussed, I think it was mostly discussed around football, men's basketball, and really the, the high-profile student-athletes. Uh, and, and we've seen a lot of things happen around the country with NIL, but it's been really, really neat to see how different corporations have stepped up to sign these deals with student-athletes that they believe bring value. Uh, And being in that room yesterday and witnessing that with our female student athletes, it was just, it was an amazing feeling. And I think Smarty Streets is really paving the way and leading the way. They are showing uh, the importance of empowering women. They're showing the value that women bring. Our female student athletes are remarkable. You guys know that. I mean, you think about what they bring in terms of a confidence, what they bring in terms of they are fierce competitors, but they are kind, they are smart. Uh, they are inclusive, and so you 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 look at their hard work, you look at their platforms and how they use their platforms for good, and for a company like Smarty Streets to come along and say, we want to do deals with every single one of them, I think it just says a lot about our female student-athletes and says a lot about Smarty Streets and, and their vision for what they want to do.
2: They could have said, we just want the Courtney Wayman's and the Michaela Coulahans and the Shayla Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. They did not. They said everybody. They did. Um, which is pretty cool. So when did this deal sort of... Uh, Come about, and and how does how does uh, you know what's BYU's involvement in helping facilitate or not these kinds of things? Because you guys want the athletes to have this, but also uh, there's sort of rules, and we're still figuring all this out. Yet BYU's kind of leading the way here.
4: So Smarty Streets and Jonathan Oliver, their CEO, he expressed interest and, and wanted uh, reached out to us for some education to make sure he wanted to understand NIL a little bit better. And so there were conversations where we were educating him about about the rules, about things that he could do, uh, and and he would sort of ask things, work with our compliance department, and and run things by us. And and, and throughout those discussions, he indicated what his wishes were, and and uh, and so he organized the meeting at the Provo Marriott <clears throat> yesterday and he he wanted every single female student athlete to have that opportunity. And we were just blown away by that and thrilled by that uh, and, 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 and really grateful. Again, I think it shows, uh, I mean, anytime you, you elevate a student athlete and, and, and show uh, how they can use their brand for good is a great thing. Uh, but for him to see the value of, of offering it to every single female student athlete, that's just, it's next level. There's nothing like it in the country. It's absolutely next level and love that it's happening at BYU.
2: I saw front row uh, front office sports tweeted that FAU got a deal from the Florida Panthers similar for their women, but I haven't heard anything else with anybody else. Have you?
4: no i haven 't and I, and I heard a little bit about that deal and and, and this deal that, uh, that that smarty streets is 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 offering is up to six thousand dollars for each of those female student athletes uh, for some social media posts and also some engagement with their employees at, at uh, corporate events and things like that which that 's a piece I actually really like uh, in speaking with their CEO uh, Jonathan Oliver expressed that he wants his employees he wants Smarty streets and that corporation to get to know these female student-athletes and, and, uh, and how incredible they are. He wants his employees and their families to be able to interact with these female student-athletes. And, and I think that's a, that's a part that we don't talk about as much, mm. uh, but any of our fans, Cougar Nation, as they interact with our female student-athletes, uh, they, they see that these are just remarkable women and uh, women that we'd want all of our young boys and young girls to look up to and say, I want to be like that when I grow up.
2: Amen to that.
1: We're- BYU Senior Associate Athletic Director Liz Darger is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I was
2: going to say, Spencer and I are two of the champions of women's sports calling these games, right? So this is awesome. I'm so happy for them because they deserve this and, and hopefully this is just the beginning.
1: Right? Absolutely. Uh, and just from a timeline perspective, how long did it take to put a deal like this in place, having to Jump through hoops and you know go through some red tape through the NCAA. So, how long of a timeline was this?
4: Yeah, there were there were discussions happening over a number of weeks, uh, and and wanting to make sure that that Smarty Streets had the information they needed, uh, and 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 then working through compliance and and uh, and and looking at some other things, and so yeah, it, it was it was a number of weeks to, to make sure that that Smarty Streets felt like they had the information they needed to to be ready to, to strike a deal, and, and that we felt comfortable from our end in terms of giving the proper education as well.
1: So. I mean, this is uh, up to $2 million in compensation if every female athlete was given the $6,000. Is this a, a deal that will be a recurring thing, or is this just a one-year deal, and then you'll, you'll visit it again next year? How does that work?
4: So Smarty Streets has indicated that, that this is, this is uh, a deal for now, and they are really anxious and excited and hopeful that other corporations will follow suit. And, and, we'll, and we'll see the, the value these female student athletes bring. And so that's really the hope, which is one of the neat things I think about, about uh, CEO Jonathan Oliver, is it's, 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 it's not just about him and his corporation. He really is looking for ways to empower women as well. So his hope is that this just starts a groundswell of lots of companies and corporations becoming a part of this.
2: How many uh, female student athletes are there?
4: Uh, about 300, if you include Cougarettes and the female cheerleaders.
2: Yeah, 300. I'm telling you, it's wild that they said, "Yep, we're going all in on everybody." I just think that's amazing. Okay, we buried the lead here. Um, each athlete gets Air Jordans. Yeah, yeah, as part of the deal. How about
4: that? Yeah, that that was kind of a <laughs> snuck in, right? I mean, yeah, where where's that? That's you know, that there were there were very loud cheers for that. That, that was announced before. Get the six thousand. <laughs> give me the Jordans. No, I, in fact, 6K. I I turned to the person next to me and said, "Oh my gosh!" Like the the, the yeah the cheering for the jordans was was, was
2: that might be incredible. 2 million by itself
1: <laughs> <laughs> just that the is, air that is incredible uh in terms of that compensation uh it said up to $6000 how will the other? Is it just dependent on how much they can do, how much time they have to help out? Or right,
4: like right, exactly. Earning so
1: capability.
4: Right, so they right. So there are there are different there are different deals that, that Smarty Streets uh, will will present to individual student athletes. Yeah, based on their time, what what they want to commit to it, what they want to give to it, and so that's that's totally within Smarty Streets and each individual student athlete to, to work through that.
2: What's the uh, the role of BYU Athletics in helping the athletes with this? Because you want them to thrive, but you also have this fun. Um, It's not an issue, it's just a thing you have to deal with, I guess, of athletics itself gets sponsors, and the individuals get sponsors too, and you're hoping those can both thrive.
4: Sure, yeah, and, and as, as NIL legislation was being talked about at the beginning, those were a lot of things athletic departments around the country were talking about, is how do we help support our student-athletes in this wonderful new opportunity, and we support that opportunity and want them to have every opportunity. We also have corporate sponsorships that are very important to us as an athletic department, and so how do we sort of strike that balance of encouraging our student-athletes And encouraging corporations to to do what they feel is in the best interest of their company. Uh, And and so we have have done a lot of education, uh, and we try to communicate very transparently with our student-athletes that that we support this name-image likeness and this opportunity for them um, and uh, and the importance of communication and coordination uh, so that that we make sure that we're we're doing our best to support them, give them the education they need, uh, but we also are doing what we can to make sure that we are supporting our corporate sponsorships that are so valuable to our athletic department
2: and then Utah County is uniquely suited to approach this mm-hmm. which is a huge blessing for everybody associated with BYU
4: absolutely I, you know one of the part of our mission as an athletic department is that we want to be distinct and exceptional and uh, we believe in winning we want to be exceptional in what we do but we also believe in being distinct and I think you see from the past couple of months and what's happened with NIL and and some things that have benefited our BYU student-athletes it's very distinct and in some ways, it's sort of uh, leading the way. I think for other athletic departments uh, to, to to see, of like, oh, there, there could be a different approach in terms of how companies and corporations can um, can, can address this and can approach this. And and that's all, I think, because of Cougar Nation, because of Utah County, uh, because of our wonderful uh, corporations around here uh, and and donors and fans that see the value of uh, of all of our student athletes. And when you think about it, too, it's I kind of compare it to I'm not a parent, but I'm a very fiercely proud aunt. Yes. And when you have your (laughs) nieces and nephews that you think are like the most remarkable little people on the planet and when someone else recognizes that. You're like, thank you. Yes, yeah. I've been telling yeah. you this for yeah. so long. Can you and, and so that yeah. that's what yesterday felt like is for us as an athletic department, for our coaches, for our student athletes, like we know these are absolutely astounding women. They are unbelievable. And so to have a company come in and recognize that and want to use that, I think we all felt like very proud parents or proud aunts and uncles being like Yes, this is what we've been telling the world, and, mm-hmm. and thank you for recognizing it.
1: Uh, what a fantastic deal that's going. It uh, leads me to my final question, Liz. You brought up that it's, this is setting an example for other athletic departments across the country. Uh, how busy are the phones right now with schools watching what BYU is doing and calling you and being like, how how is this happening? Like, what kind of communications are you having with other schools?
4: Yeah, I would say as we talk with colleagues around the country, there there are lots of discussions, and 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 every state has their own legislation around name, image, likeness, and so every every state's going to function a little bit differently in terms of what their constraints are. Uh, but but we've had very great, healthy discussions with our colleagues uh, who who have said, "Wow, what what's happening there in Provo is is, is pretty great," and uh, and and it's always fun to be on that end of a conversation to, to feel like, "Yeah, there's some really neat things happening here," and, and we're and really it all comes down our student-athletes. We're so proud of them and, and proud to be associated with them.
1: Fantastic. We appreciate you hanging out with us to discuss this groundbreaking stuff. This is incredible.
4: It's, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Thanks for having me.
1: Air Jordans for everybody.
2: Love it. Okay, coming up, today's rising Shoutouts.
1: And Jerem Jordan sits down with the elk, Isaac Rex. What happened on that last play to seal the game against Arizona State? This is BYU Sports
0: League. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps.
2: Or download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review.
1: It's time to go behind the play that sealed the game for BYU against Arizona State in the film room, Jerem, with Isaac Rex.
2: Okay, Isaac, first off, the Elk. Shout out to Jeff Hansen for the shirt and the nickname. Tell me the story here. What's what's the story?
5: I've probably told the story like 50 times. <laughs> and the story more. has, I don't know how it got. <laughs> I literally have no idea how it became a thing. Uh, Jeff Hansen made the nickname the elk because I guess I run like an elk or something. I really only heard of, I knew what elk was, but I've only seen deers. I've never even seen an elk. I kinda, I like it though. I'm, I'm obviously going to keep that. I'm not opposed to it at all, so.
2: Okay, first two touchdowns of the season. Walk me through the first one.
5: This is just a fun little play and I'm trying to sneak in.
2: You literally sneak, like you
1: get down uh, low right here.
5: (laughs) I assume that backer right there had me man because it's man all around. There's a four eye right there inside of me. So I just kind of snuck right past him. And if you look right here, the person who makes the play is Mason Wake. He's kind of just like blocking for Jaron, and look, he pushed that guy out and gets that guy on the ground. Without that block right there jaron might have uh been sacked so mason did his job perfectly and then i kind of did a little mcgregor walk i was gonna say that's with samson and and neil coming around so
2: okay your second touchdown is the game sealer and this is a heck of a moment because baylor romney's in jaron hall gets hurt and fessy sataki reveals after the game he told baylor only throw it if he's open Hey, you weren't exactly open, but I would argue, uh, just throw it up to you, yes, you are open.
5: Yeah, I mean, I knew the corner was going to have me man, and then I see 25. He obviously has outside leverage on me, and so if you see Baylor, he obviously trips a little. There's (laughs) linemen falling everywhere, and then right there, if you see the corner, he kind of bites outside, and I was able to just kind of sneak past him and um, go up and get it, but credit to Baylor. He threw a great ball on that.
2: Okay, and then I want you to break down Tyler Algier's play here because this is one of the greatest plays in BYU football history. What
5: did you see? Jaron's faking the run, but there's a guy off the edge, so it's not the best fake. And so right here, the backer kind of jams me up. Uh, Mason kind of gets jammed up a little. He cuts inside. We knew Tyler was faster, but right here, right when you saw that hand wind up, like comes in and just, Boom! literally jumps right on top of his back a perfect tackle and if jaron didn't hustle down there that corner or safety would have gotten it and they would have the ball on the 15 so tyler Algier definitely had the play of the game it's not the fact that he caught up to him because obviously he's way faster it's the fact that he um, had the awareness to punch the ball out he basically won the game for us so incredible super awesome
2: Okay, 3-0, South Florida coming to Provo, Yep. 15th in the country. What's the vibe of the team right now as you guys have had an incredible start to the season?
5: I mean, we beat 3-12 teams in a row, which is a great accomplishment for BYU, but we're not done yet. We're still uh, we're confident, but we're humble, and we're going to keep working hard and keep this thing going.
1: Okay, stay in that elk mode, man.
5: <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs>
1: it's in the film room. With Jerem Jordan, fantastic Elk stuff. mode, man, they will get you. Yeah. Can he do the sound? Probably not. Doubt it. We're working on that. Our question of the day. For Isaac Rex and the entire BYU football team, is this their best shot at a New Year Six bowl game? 2021. At Cougar Stats on Twitter says, yes and no. It might have the Power 5 profile to help them get in, but it also reduces the probability their final record will be good enough yeah. to get in. Well stated. And in the Big 12, you can have probably more losses and get in.
2: If the, yeah, yeah, yeah. All depends on. Right. If the right. team above you goes to playoff.
1: Our yeah. elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Ryan Scott on Instagram says, like Dory said, just keep winning. Just keep. wait, wait. Is it winning or swimming? Hey. Either way. <laughs> nice. Great stuff. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union. The official credit union of BYU athletics. Smarty Streets Smarty gets one. Smarty Streets,
2: won. absolutely. Uh, the, the Wilgars, Chrissy and Peyton. Um, we're going to show you the deep blue on the show tomorrow. If you missed it, oh. you can you can go to the BYU TV app and watch it right now. Social media. Whew. That's that's one that I was very excited um, that we could tell the untold story of the Wilgars taking in three of hit, Peyton's nieces and nephews. Emotional, Just the
1: big heart, emotional stuff. That they
2: have the cut was amazing. Stu Call, Courtney Fairborn and company. And, and, then the, it, yeah. and then today's the anniversary of the Camaro play in 1984 against Hawaii where he dives over the goal line and pulls down uh, Cherry by his, uh, his uh, pads there and gets a stop and BYU wins that game and ends up winning the national title.
1: The Tyler Algier play is right up there with that Camaro Woo. play.
2: If BYU goes undefeated or won loss, we'll talk about it in the same breath.
1: Our thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Liz Darger.
2: Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time.
1: For Jeremiah Spencer. Let's give another shout-out to Joe Critchlow. We'll see you tomorrow nice. One of the for greats. another new live episode of BYU Sports Nation Goku. One of the
3: old timers,
1: Joe Critchlow.
3: Love Joe.